Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. Our reading today is from Proverbs 12, verses 17 to 19. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness speaks deceitfully. Rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture for today comes from John chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Then they answered him, We are the descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying, You will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are descendants of Abraham. Yet you look for an opportunity to kill me because there is no place for you in my word. I declare what I have seen in the Father's presence. As for you... You should do what you have heard from the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to start my sermon today by saying Star Wars is coming. I'm so excited, guys. I know it's like four months away, but that is closer than the last time I referenced it, which was like back in June. I love Star Wars. I can remember when I was younger pretending to have a lightsaber and battling with my friends, making the noises, taking turns being Darth Vader, doing the heavy breathing, doing our best James Earl Jones impressions and telling each other that we are each other's fathers. Luke, I am your father. That has become the staple impression of Darth Vader throughout our pop culture. Whenever anyone does a Vader impression, I would say 95% of the time, that is the line they use. The other 5% are, I find your lack of faith disturbing, or I am altering the deal, pray I don't alter it further. But what is really interesting to me, and I don't mean to get my nerd glasses on for you guys, but, Luke, I am your father, isn't actually the line that Darth Vader says. Do you guys know what the line is? Well, let's take a look. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Not true. That's impossible. 
you know what, let's just cancel the sermon, let's keep watching Star Wars. <laughs> no, I am your father. Now it's only a little different, switching no for Luke, but it does change the emphasis and it makes it feel different. There's actually a group of individuals who believe that when mass misrememberings like this happen, it's called the Mandela Effect. It's named this because a group of people remembered Nelson Mandela's funeral way back when he was in prison. Apparently, enough people remembered vivid details about this funeral, uh, and the details were so similar that they started compiling things like this, which they call alternate memories. Mandela Effect enthusiasts use other mass misrememberings that they claim prove the Mandela Effect is real. For example, can anyone tell me the name of this family of bears? Is it the Berenstein bears or the Berenstein bears? Berenstein? Incorrect. It's the Berenstein bears. S-T-A-I-N. Yeah. Mass misremembering. Because people vividly remember from their childhood that it was the other one, something clearly is wrong with the world. Did this man who is standing in front of four tanks in front of Tiananmen Square get run over or not? No, that is correct. Uh, he did not, but many people remember vividly that he did. Also, this picture is just a few tanks, but the actual number of tanks he was standing in front of was, was this many. It's, it's many, many more. These mass misrememberings and more are being used to prove that we are either slipping in and out of parallel time streams or that a mass of us have come from a parallel time stream into this one and that's why a bunch of us remember things differently. Now, can I definitively say that this is not what has happened or is happening? No, I guess I can't definitively say that, but I have a simpler explanation. Memory and truth are hard. There was a common sitcom trope when I was growing up uh, that encapsulates this idea quite well. The episode would start with two characters in an argument about something that happened before the episode started, and a third party would agree to listen to them. So each character would get a chance to retell their stories, uh, the events that the audience hadn't seen. We would get the wavy flashback lines, and uh, the events would play out according to the first person, showing how right and wonderful they inevitably are. Then, when they were done, the second person would do something similar. The wavy lines would go across the screen, and we would have the general same events, but very different specific things happening. Have you guys ever seen a, a TV show that do, did something like that? Yeah? Okay, good. Not just me. The thing that used to bother me about these episodes is that we would never get to see the actual events play out. We would just rely on the two perspectives that were given to us, and we would have to figure out what the truth of the matter was somewhere in the middle of those. It has taken me a long time to get to this point where I can say, but the reason truth is hard, especially in personal life, is because truth is subjective. It's, it's personal. It's your point of view. 
Now, I know I've already made one Star Wars reference, but stay with me as I make a second one. Truth being subjective is exactly what Obi-Wan Kenobi is talking about in the quote that I put on the front of the bulletin this morning. He says this quote to Luke right after Luke accuses him about lying about his father. You see, earlier, Obi-Wan Kenobi had told Luke that Darth Vader killed his father, and so the When Luke found out that Darth Vader was his father, he thought Obi-Wan was lying to him. Spoiler alert in case you haven't seen any of these movies, which are like 50 years old now. Obi-Wan then says that the man he knew, the man he loved, everything that made Luke's father who he was died when he turned to the dark side. And he drops this little nugget that I put on the front of the bulletin. You will find that many of the truths that we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Was Anakin Skywalker, Luke's father, truly dead? Physically, no. That's who's in the Darth Vader suit. But mentally and emotionally, was Anakin Skywalker dead? Perhaps. These are the truths that we find hard to parse through. The subjective, personal truths. These are the kinds of truths that Jesus and the Pharisees are dealing with. All of John chapter 8 is Jesus arguing with the Pharisees in the temple until at the end of the chapter, the Pharisees have had enough and they pick up stones to stone Jesus. So he hides and leaves the temple. The chapter starts with a very well-known story of a woman accused of adultery And the Pharisees are ready to stone her until Jesus says, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. That is correct. That is the beginning of chapter 8. Then the whole chapter is back and forth, shade thrown by both sides. It gets pretty crazy. As I read the chapter this time, though, it started to look like something I've seen a lot lately. It started to look like an argument on Facebook to me. Two sides talking right past each other, both knowing that they are right and not being willing to budge at all. Jesus on his side holding the truth of who he is and what he knows, and the Pharisees on their side holding the truth of their traditions and scriptures and what they know. Now, nowadays, I often put myself in the position of Pharisees when I read these stories. I never used to do this as a child or a youth If there was a man who came into our church claiming to be God's chosen, saying things like, I am the light of the world, and if you truly knew God, you would listen to me. Well, I would probably react similarly to the Pharisees. I mean, I wouldn't try to stone the guy. I wouldn't go that far. But I would definitely argue with him or write him off. It would be hard, near impossible, for me to accept that this man was saying the truth. Why? Because I'm already holding what I believe is the truth. And because I am unable to see that I might be wrong, or I don't have the whole picture, or there's more to the truth than I can comprehend. At this point, I want to tell you a story. Well, it's actually a poem that became a proverb, but that doesn't matter. It's one that is in heavy rotation in my confirmation class. And if you've gone through that course, then you will already have heard it, but otherwise I'm going to read it to you now. It's called Blind Men and the Elephant by John Godfrey Sachs. 
It was six men of Indistan, to learning much inclined, who went to see the elephant, though all of them were blind, that each by observation might satisfy his mind. The first approached the elephant and happening to fall against his broad and sturdy side at once began to bawl. God bless me, but the elephant is very like a wall. The second feeling of the tusk cried, Ho, what have we here? So very round and smooth and sharp, to me tis mighty clear. This wonder of an elephant is very like a spear. The third approached the animal, and happening to take the squirming trunk within his hands, thus boldly up and spake. I see, quoth he, the elephant is very like a snake. The fourth reached out an eager hand and felt about the knee. What most this wondrous beast is like is very plain, quoth he. Tis clear enough the elephant is very like a tree. The fifth who chanced to touch the ear said even the blindest man could tell what this resembles most. Deny the fact who can. This marvel of an elephant is very like a fan. The sixth no sooner had begun about the beast to grope than seizing on the swinging tail that fell within his scope. I see, quoth he, the elephant is very like a rope. And so these men of Indistan disputed loud and long, each in his own opinion exceeding stiff and strong, though each was partly in the right and all were in the wrong. When we hold on to our own subjective personal truths and don't allow ourselves to listen to others, then we are just like these blind men, holding on to our truth that an elephant is a fan. It's only when we actually listen to one another, do the hard work of first accepting that our personal truths aren't full and absolute truths, and second, listening to those whose truths fly in the face of our own, that we can come closer to where the truth might actually be. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking here. What are you saying, TC? That I have to go against all of my observation and expertise and, and say that what I hold is true isn't true and listen to someone else who says the exact opposite is true? Well, that's ridiculous, and you're ridiculous for saying so. First of all, calm down. No need for name-calling. Secondly, yes, that is exactly what I'm saying, and here's why. It seems like more and more these days, people are accepting easy truths that separate us. Because this process that we are called to is so difficult, it's much easier and more attractive to just accept an easy answer. When we see a black man killed by a police officer, we accept the easy answer that all cops are racist, or the easy answer that the black man must have been doing something wrong, and we separate. We see 900 kids taken from their families at our southern border since last June, and we accept the easy answer that our president is an evil person, or the easy answer that those immigrants shouldn't have put their children in that position in the first place and we separate. We see another mass shooting, and we accept the easy answer that more guns would solve the problem, or the easy answer that no guns at all would solve the problem, and we separate. And nothing gets done.
Because we continue to separate and see anyone who is on the other side as ill-informed or stupid or any number of things that we call them, we stay locked in the same place. Since last June, June of 2018, 900 children have been separated from their families. 900. That's unacceptable. We are better than that. We have to be better than that. I don't care where you lie on the political spectrum. 900 children being forcibly separated from their families is not something that we as Christians can accept. 29 people died in mass shootings in the last 24 hours. Just in 2019, there have been 251 mass shootings in the United States. A mass shooting is a shooting in which four or more people were shot in the same spree or in the same location. 251. There have only been 204 days in 2019. This has to stop. We have to work together to fix this. We cannot stand on our empty platitudes shouting at one another as people continue to die and children continue to be taken from their families. If any of these examples made you upset, if all you can think about now is how ill-informed I am or how this side or that side spins these issues, then you're proving my point exactly. Accepting easy answers in a world that is vastly complex is how the truth remains unattainable. Entrenching ourselves along easy answer lines is how progress is halted. But why does this matter? Even if all of the blind men talked and put their individual truths together, we would still end up with something like this. Which doesn't quite look exactly like an elephant at all. I do like, however, how angry the elephant looks about what he's become. It matters because we get closer to the truth and closer to each other. Holding your truth and my truth in tension shows us a little more about the world than we knew and it teaches us empathy for one another. A police shooting looks different to someone who grew up in a neighborhood where the police make a lot of arrests and stops and are viewed as a danger than it does to someone who grew up in a neighborhood where they have been taught that the police are heroes and are to be admired. If those two parties spoke about their experience and were open to each other's truths, both of them would be affected by that. Now, this isn't even adding in the truths of the police officers or the captains who assign the beats. If all of these were taken into account, if all of these were listened to, we'd probably be much closer to the actual truth of how police and citizens interact and what could be done to help improve that. When you're open to your own personal truth not being the only correct way of seeing the world, when you listen to others, it changes how you feel towards the world and it changes how you act in the world. You no longer write people off as someone whose opinion you don't need to listen to. 
You don't get to clump groups of people together and ignore them. Suddenly, we need each other for the full picture. We can't leave each other out because then we would have an elephant with no ears or no trunk. We need to struggle with each other's truths because we've seen where easy answers get us. And if we allow easy answers to continue, if we hold them as our truth, then our narrative changes, and we get 251 mass shootings in eight months and 900 children separated from their families with no plan to correct or concretely fix it. We need to leave room to wrestle with one another's truths. Leave room to be uncomfortable, learning that, the world, that our world isn't the whole world. Leave room to learn that there is more to this elephant than we first thought. And hopefully by doing that, we can get closer to finding what the truth really is, and then act on it. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.